0: receiving a briefing from the Office of Health Standards and Compliance on the annual performance plan. It is a meeting on the
1: 30th of March 2022. And I welcome yourselves, also all members from the department, all members from the public, or members from the media.
2: You are all very welcome
1: to this meeting. Ms. Machalamba, can we get... And an indication of attendance, confirmation of members, and also apologies.
3: Good morning and thank you, Chair. President is Dr. Jacobs, Mr. Siwela,
4: Ms. Clark, Ms. Wilson, Ms. Ishmael, mister Tembe
3: Ms. Chirwa, and Mr. Van Staden. I haven't received any apologies, Chair. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Um, let me then
1: also um, welcome the, um, the uh, PLO of, uh, of the ministry, Mr. Joe Huttler,
0: to give us an indication who is here from the ministry and the department. Is Mr. Khaqla present yet? Mm, no. No, Chen. He is not on the platform. Just give me a moment for me to find out. Thank you, honorable members. A little bit of indulgence. Thank you. Miss
1: Majalamba, Miss Majalamba,
2: yes.
0: Sir. There seems yes. Due to be sure. the uh, login
1: details uh, not have uh, been received by some of the members,
3: I'm not you sure know. what happened. I've forwarded it to Miss Gelacher. I'm not
5: sure
0: what right. happened.
1: Thank you very much. And, and also on the PC group, if you don't mind, if it's not there, uh, I can be talking under correction now.
5: Yes, it's on WhatsApp also, Chen.
1: Okay. Thank you very much.
5: Uh, nice. Chairperson, uh, I'm in. Thank
6: you, sis Okazi. All right. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Honourable members, so we, have, uh, we welcome all of you to this meeting.
1: This is a meeting on the 30th of March of the Portfolio Committee on Health where we will be receiving a briefing by the uh, OHSC, the Office of Health Standard Compliance on the annual performance plan for 2022-2023. You are all very welcome. We have, can we uh, restart with uh, attendance
0: and apologies, uh, Mr. Mahajirama. Sorry, Chai, I didn't get that. I was still busy with Ms. Geller on the
4: side. Oh, okay. Are you able to, to give me a new indication of attendance, please? Okay, Chai. Present is Dr. Jacobs, Ms. Gela, Dr. Harvard, Mr. Suela, Ms. Clark, Ms.
3: Wilson, Ms. Ishmael, Dr. Tembekuayu, Ms. Chirwa, Mr. Fanstad and Mr. Imam Shri. Thank you, Chair.
1: Thank you very much, and no apologies. Thank you. Um, Mr. John Khatla, will you be able to give us an indication who is here from the ministry and from the department? Um, yes, uh, good morning, uh, Honorable Chair. Um, am I audible, Honorable Chair? Sorry. You are audible, thank you. Thank you very so much. Good morning, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. And, and, and colleagues.
2: The, um, on the platform uh, from the Office of Health Standard Compliance on which uh, we have uh, the chairperson of the board of the Office of Health Standard Compliance, Dr. Ns Kinoshi, and uh, the CEO of the Office of Health Standard Compliance, Dr. Spiwe
1: Ndaweni, who, who lead the team and they, they will take it from here. Thank you very much. Jeff. Thank you very much, Mr. Hartler. We will go uh, straight on to the uh, OHSC, the chairperson of the board. You can please introduce his team. And then also they can go straight
0: on to their presentation. Thank you.
2: Uh, good morning, good morning, Chair. Um, I'm uh, Dr. Ernest Kenoshi. Uh, I am the chair of the board of the Office of Health Standards Compliance. And uh, thank you very much for uh, inviting us to make the presentation today on the OHSC's uh, 2022, 2023 uh, uh, APP, but as well as the budget uh, forecast for the 2022, 2022 to 2023 and the MTF period. Uh, Before I hand over to the CEO, Dr. Mdawini, to do the presentation, I would just like to ask the board chair, the board secretary uh, to confirm members of the board who are present today, Uh, Ms. Padayachi,
0: Ms. Panachi? You are muted, Ms. Panachi.
2: Okay. If she can't uh, uh, confirm, I've seen um, a, a doctor. I've seen doctors. Uh, I've seen uh, a Professor and I've seen also uh, Professor Chetty and um, Dr. Simelani uh, who are on the, if I have missed any, they can just uh, say it out now, uh, those who have just joined. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, uh, let me hand over to the CEO, uh, Dr. Mdaweni, who will do the, the, the presentation and then we, we will then uh, take it from there, Chair. Thank you very much. Dr. Daveni. Thank you very much, uh, you.
5: Chair,
4: and good morning to the Honourable Chairperson and the Honourable uh, Committee uh, members. I would like to introduce the members of the management team that are here. Chair, I also noticed uh, Professor Chikte and uh, Mem Muntziwa. As board members and the members of the management team, we've got uh, the executive manager of compliance inspectorate, Ms. Di Tsukudu. We've got the director of communications and stakeholder relations, Mr. Ricardo Mashaganya. We've got the executive manager of complaints and investigations, Dr. Donna Jacobs. We've got the executive manager of health standards development, Ms. Winnie Muliko. We've got uh, the Director of Monitoring and Evaluation, Mr. Mondi Vuzela, as well as the Board Secretariat, uh,
0: Ms. Kantha Padiache. Honorable Chair, on behalf of the Office of Health Standard Compliance,
4: I bring to the committee the OHSC, annual performance plan for the financial year 2022-23, which is aligned to the organization strategy plan of 2020-2025. The amendment of the National Health Act in 2013 established the OHSC as an independent entity to regulate quality in the healthcare sector. The OHSC is therefore autonomous in its decision-making and independent in its regulatory functions. The legislative mandate of the OHSC is derived from the Constitution as guided by Section 9, 12, and particularly Section 27 of the Bill of Rights, which confers certain human rights to everyone, such as health care services, including reproductive health. Section 78 of the Act details the mandate of the OHSC, which is to protect and promote the health and safety of users of health services by monitoring and enforcing compliance by health establishment with norms and standards that are prescribed and promulgated by the Minister of Health for the entire national health system. We also receive, consider, and investigate, as well as dispose complaints received from the public that relates to non-compliance with the prescribed norms and standards. In doing so, we seek to do in a procedurally fair, economic, and expeditious manner. The norms and standards that are applicable to different categories of health establishments in the country were first promulgated in 2018 by the Minister of Health. The office then undertook a preparatory period for both the public and private sector for the implementation of the standards. The inspection with the norms and standards commenced in 2019-20, and we then started to certify health as as compliant or non-compliant with the standards. Our overall priority is to contribute through regulatory activities in improving the quality of services and strive towards a better health outcome as captured in the OHSC vision, which is consistent, safe and quality healthcare for all. In undertaking our activities, we monitor and enforce healthcare safety and quality standards independently, impartially, fairly and fiercely on behalf of the users of the services. The OHSC's values are informed, by the South African constitution, as well as the Batu Pili principles, which really are guiding us and shaping our organizational culture and govern our day-to-day activities. We are all required to maintain high standards of proper professional conduct and integrity at all times. These values are grounded on strong ethical considerations, such as human dignity, accountability, transparency, quality of healthcare, safety, and integrity. The overall desired outcome, and the impact of the work of the Office of Health Standard Compliance, would then contribute to two distinct but interdependent regulatory outcomes. The first being the reduction in avoidable mortality, morbidity, and avoid harm in all health establishments, both public and private, through offering reliable and safe health services. The second impact will be the improvement in the availability, the responsiveness and acceptability of health services by the users. And we hope that by that, we'll then improve the patient experience in the healthcare sector. In addition, we contribute to enhancing universal access to the quality of services. The United Nations Sustainable Development Goal 3, which is good health and well-being, has bold and emphasized the targets to end HIV, TB, and malaria. The SDG 3, again, has targets for countries to achieve universal health coverage and financial risk protection. The South African National Development Plan of 2030 Chapter 10, Priority 5, as well as Goal 8, Refers to financing universal healthcare coverage and also the implementation of the national health insurance. This then brings us to the link between the OHSC and the National Health Insurance. The OHSC is required to inspect and certify health establishments as compliant with a set of norms and standards as well as monitor the risk. By then, those health establishments who receive a compliance certificate will then be legible to contract or be contracted in the NHI fund. It then indicates that the certification of compliance with the regulator standards is a prerequisite for all health establishments that would want to participate in the NHI fund. Part B of our annual performance plan is the strategic focus and the overview. The strategic plan for the APP for 2022 23 considers the macro and micro environments within which we operate, the micro environment impact referring to the COVID 19 uh, impact on the workforce, the stakeholder analysis particularly in the private sector, and the strengthening of the functions of OHSC as a regulator in the healthcare sector. The OHSC board has revised the organogram to align it to its mandate. The OHSC, is the, the OHSC board is the accounting authority and responsible for the governance and the oversight. At the moment, the health ombud dysfunctionally located within the OHSC, although the health ombud reports directly to the Minister of Health. As I go through the presentation, I will then refer to the other functionaries of, of the organization, which are indicated on my right-hand side. In the APP, we detail the situational analysis. The contents of the five-year strategy plan have not been changed, and remain as per our submission to this committee, and that is the strategic plan of 2019-20 to 2024-25. We have developed the APP for 2022-23, as informed by the revised 2020-2024 medium-term strategic framework. Improving the quality of healthcare is is a critical component of the national development plan outcome, which is to strengthen the health system effectiveness through enabling external assessment of compliance with prescribed standards. The plan considers the health sector constraints experienced through the COVID-19 pandemic. The pandemic has strained healthcare systems and exposed the lack of capacity as as well as the weaknesses which we all have been aware of. Similarly, in the organizational environment, which we have detailed in our APP, the pandemic has also placed enormous strain on the operational environment of the office. We have, over this period, observed a significant increase in the number of complaints that were received from the general public. However, due to the limited budgetary allocation over the entire period, The OHSC has limited capacity to increase human resources in order for us as an organization to increase the number of inspections, to manage the complaints and investigations timelessly, as well as to develop more standards. Now the other impact of these fiscal constraints is that they do not allow us as an organization to expand and decentralize one of our aim, as informed by the business case which was adopted by the board, which is a pathway and framework of OHSC's operations in the next five years. One critical activity is the expansion and the establishment of regional offices or satellites of the OHSC. However, given the current financial constraints were unable to undertake this activity although it remains a uh, prime in the work that we do the information communication and technology systems uptime. time we've been able to maintain them at 99 percent availability we report this to the committee because we have moved offices. however we're able to maintain the availability of uh, IT support. However, we realize that being a mainly data-driven organization, it is important that we do some adjustments in our IT systems so that it is optimized and we're able to have interoperability of the information the data that we collect from inspections as well as gather from the complaints that we investigate. The executive manager's vacancies, particularly for for, uh, compliance inspectorate, as well as complaints management have been filled, and these were uh, posts that were vacant when we last uh, came to the committee, however, must indicate that the newly adopted organogram has other critical uh, appointments and positions that need still to be filled, and these would be dependent on the availability of funds. One of the critical performance delivery function of the office is the development of inspection tools after the norms and standards are promulgated by the Minister of Health. We had indicated previously that in our work, we will use a phased-in approach simply because we will not be able to uh, develop all the tools at the same time. But we will develop the tools. And our approach was to start with the tools that are required at primary healthcare level, which is the entry point of our services by the users. We have since uh, appointed contractual staff that are currently in the health standards design and development unit that assist with the development of tools. We also wish to report to the committee that the OHSC is collaborating with the National Department of Health in the Quality Learning Centers project, which are meant to be used as hubs for quality improvements. We'll still undertake our work as a regulator independently in assisting with conducting inspections. And we do report that we have received additional funds to inspect the Quality Learning Centers from Treasury. One of the important activity is to maintain contact with our stakeholders, particularly in those areas that are hard to reach as we were once advised by the committee that we needed to go out to the uh, areas where the, o- the work of the OHC might not be known. We have since developed a community radio campaign where we reach out to the local radio stations and discuss with our stakeholders uh, the work of the OHSC as opposed to the usual face-to-face contact that we hold with our stakeholders. And this was in part to overcome the potential barriers posed by the COVID-19 pandemic. Honorable Chair, we also wish to provide this update to the committee with regards to the development of inspection tools the clinic inspection tool has been finalized and it's, it's being implemented. The community health center inspection tool also in implementation, as well as the district hospital inspection tool and the regional hospital inspection tool. We're also pleased that we report for the first time that we have now the private sector acute hospital inspection tool near finalization. It has The tool has been finalized after a consultative period which took quite some time as the OHSC had to also learn and be familiarized with the service delivery platform in the private sector. We're at a stage now where we are conducting training workshops in preparation of the implementation. It is important that we also inform this committee that we have received collaboration with the private sector and they all are working with the OHSC with regards to the work that we do as a regulator of quality and safety in the healthcare system. The next three tools which I'm 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 going to mention have been drafted. They are undergoing a process of review and incorporating inputs from the stakeholders prior to final adoption of the tools. And these are the tools for the central hospitals and the provincial treasury hospital tools. We have now the second draft of the general practice tool. This is the tool that will be used in general practices. We are at a stage of consulting with some of the, of the forum for private uh, uh, general practitioners. And after that, we'll then also start with consulting the GP community structures, as well as the final adoption of the tool. We have a submitted the emergency medical services norms and standards, and we are awaiting promulgation thereof. And once that is done, we'll then commence with the development of the tools. In the APP, we did indicate, or we do indicate that there are no significant changes to the OHSC's legislative mandate and other relevant mandates. However, we have commenced the review of the 2016 procedural regulations. These are regulations that detail the functioning of all the components of the First of Standard Compliance and the handling of complaints by the ombud. Once this is done, this document will then be gazetted for everyone to be aware of. We then come to part C in the APP, which is measuring our performance where we have then indicated our projected targets for 2022-23. The OHSC APP is aligned to the priorities of the medium-term strategic framework. Over the next five years, the OHSC strategic objectives are structured into five outcomes which are aligned to the goals in the MTSF. The five outcomes are a fully functional regulatory office of of, of health standard compliance, compliance with the norms and standards, effectively monitored, improved quality of healthcare services that are rendered to the users. And also we wish to facilitate achievement of compliance with the norms and standards regulations for different categories of health establishments. And once compliance is increased, we then would wish to see more health establishments, both public and private, receiving Uh, the Certificate of Compliance. The framework of the delivery of our work, as permitted, is comprised of five programs. Program 1, administration. Program 2, which is the largest compliance inspectorate. Program 3, in which the health ombud is located, complaints management. Program 4, health standards design, analysis, and support. Program 5, which is certification And enforcement. Honorable Chair, it is important that we highlight at this stage that we do operate within a limited financial and human resource constraint, which obviously does restrict us in achieving the overall organizational objectives. However, there is quite a lot that we have done thus far to try and streamline our operations. Program one. a support program comprised of human resources, information communication and technology, communication and stakeholder relations, the board and governance activities, finance and supply chain management. Now with regards to the human resource management, we've got three output indicators that we are monitoring and that are in our APP, The first one, the percentage of vacancies filled within four months of of the vacancy existing. Here, we wish to monitor the speed with which we're able to fill the positions that are vacant. In 2022-23, we've put a target of 90%. The last audited performance was 42%, that is for 2020-21. I must indicate that most of these positions were filled, however, They were not within the four-month period. For 2022-23, we have this new indicator, which is the percentage vacancy rate per year. We wish to monitor our vacancy rate and we wish to keep it at 7% or even below for 2022-23, 6% and 5% for the outer years. That is 23-24 and 24-25. We are required by the Act to train and certify all our inspectors prior to them conducting inspections. And this is done through a very comprehensive training curriculum. We have put a percentage of 95% for 2022-23 of all our available inspectors to be trained. The last audited performance in 2020-21 was at 80%, uh, mainly because of some of the inspectors that left the organization. But also this being quite an intense training uh, module, which takes time, we do wait for the numbers until we're able to offer the training. This next slide indicates the very same uh, output indicators. However, here we give the quarterly breakdown until we reach the overall target as indicated in the previous slide. The next sub-program is information, communication, and technology to provide the infrastructure and systems in order for us as a business to operate effectively and efficiently. And this is also where we undertake long-term planning in terms of the day-to-day support, as well as what we need as an entity in order to expand our core services. We report two output indicators in our APP, the first being the percentage of IC, of um, information, communication, and technology available for our core services. Here we refer we refer to inspections, to complaints, as well as standards development, and we wish to achieve ninety five percent of this availability. We've been able to maintain at least performance of ninety nine percent. The next output indicator is the availability of ICT for all OHSC support services. And once again, we have a target of 95% for 22-23, which we hope to maintain also in the outer years. And this is the quarterly breakdown of the same targets. The next sub-program in in program one is communication and stakeholder relations. This is quite a critical uh, sub-program as it is imperative for all the stakeholders to be aware of what we do, our roles, our responsibilities, as well as our powers as the regulator in the healthcare sector. But also this is a program where we establish and maintain effective stakeholder engagements and also develop partnerships that are mutually beneficial to us as a regulator. We have put two indicators in the APP, the first one being the number of community stakeholder engagements uh, to raise public awareness of the OHSC and the health ombud in the public sector. For 2022-23, we wish to have 12 of these engagements. Our last audited performance, we were able to reach uh, the 12th. And the next output indicator is the same. However, here, we wish uh, to have these engagements in the private sector. And we have for 2022-23 put a target of eight, and this is the quarterly breakdown. This last sub-program in Program 1 is Finance and Supply Chain Management. It is important for us as an entity to remain accountable and transparent and also to demonstrate accountability in our finances as well as in our program performance. And by doing that, we wish to then obtain an unqualified uh, audit. Honorable Chair, we're pleased that over the years, the Office of Health Standard Compliance has managed to always obtain an unqualified audit by the Auditor General. And we are working and we hope and will always strive once again in 2022 23, as we have indicated in our APP, to maintain this record of an unqualified audit or even improve. Program two, compliance inspectorate, which is where uh, our inspectors are located to go out to the fields to conduct uh, inspections. And of course, the fundamental outcome here beyond the inspections is compliance with the norms and standards, as well as the effective monitoring of these norms and standards and eventually improvements of health outcomes. We have five output indicators. The first one refers to the inspections that we conduct in the public sector uh, in compliance with the norms and standards. Honorable members would note that in the beginning, from 2018-19, 1920, we were between 600 and 700 in as far as the output of inspections. We experienced some financial challenges in 2020, 2021-22, where we reported to the committee the reduction in the targets for inspections. We have seen and realized some uh, savings from the accommodation costs, the travel costs uh, during the pandemic. And we also have undertaken intense processes of resource rationalization and streamlining internally. We therefore report that in 22-23, we are projecting to conduct 788 inspections in the public sector and 823 for 2023 and 24-25. For the private sector, as I indicated, that the process of developing the inspection tools was a lengthy one and, and also indicated that some of the tools are now finalized. For 2022-23, we will conduct, or we wish to conduct, 52 of the 431 denominator of the uh, uh, private health establishment. The third output indicator refers to additional inspections, or what we term as re-inspections. In our operations, we first start by conducting an inspection. And the outcome of an inspection would either be issuing a compliance certificate or a notice of compliance. The notice of compliance will then detail those bridges in in the norms and standards. And also the the health establishment would be given timeframes within which they need to undertake remedial action with regards to improving the bridges in those norms and standards. We then return back to those uh, facilities to conduct what we call additional inspections or re-inspections to determine whether remedial action was taken. We never have a, a, a target of 100% because we do wish to conduct all the re-inspections that the office must undertake. The fourth output indicator refers to the publishing and the reporting on, on inspections. We are required by annually to produce reports which we put in our, name, in our website where we indicate the names and the locations of the health establishments that have been uh, inspected. Now, for 2022-23, we have a target of of two of uh, these reports, which will then uh, publish um, biannually. The last output indicator is the consolidated annual inspection report, which we do bring to this committee on on a yearly basis where we then look at all the inspections and we then conduct in depth trend analysis and make recommendations to into the entire healthcare sector and this is an annual report which we produced and once again we have indicated so this is also the quarterly breakdown of the targets the next program is complaints management and the office Uh, of the health ombuds. Again, here the outcome would be improvement in quality of health services after we have uh, disposed and resolved the complaints or investigated the complaints that were submitted to the Office of Health Standard compliance. The output indicators in these programs are based on the level of risks of the complaints that are received. Some would be low risk, some would be medium risks, some would be high risks. Depending on the risk level, will then uh, dispose of those compl- of, of those complaints within specified time periods. The first output indicator is the percentage of low risk complaints that are resolved within 25 working days of lodgement in the call centre. For 22, 23, we have a target of 80%. We've fairly been able to reach uh, this target over the years, and that is because some of the complaints. We then work with other regulators and refer to them where we feel that they are not uh, within the jurisdiction of the Office of Health Standard Compliance or even the Health Onboard. The next output indicator is the percentage of user complaints that are resolved through assessment within 30 working days. Now, this indicator, we are largely dependent on the responsiveness of the health establishment or the complainant that has lodged the complaint. What it means is that there will always be additional information required from the health establishment in order for the office to proceed with the resolution of the complaint. It is for that reason that our last audited uh, performance was not very good at two uh, at almost 2.4%. At we have um, put 65% uh, as the target for 2022-23. 20, However, I do indicate to the committee some of the challenges that we're experiencing. The next output indicator is the percentage of complaints resolved within six months through investigations. And we have a target of 15%. And the next one, those that are resolved within 12 months with a target of 5%. And the last output indicator, those that are resolved uh, through investigation within 18 months which with a target of 2%. The last three indicators These then refer to investigations. It is our experience that these tend to be lengthy, depending on the complexity of the complaint that is being investigated. Honorable Chair, must indicate to the members that this component, same as other components of the OHSC, is also very short-staffed. In fact, we have, uh, through some of the funds that we have uh, reallocated within the organization, supported this uh, component by contractual workers on an annual basis. Again, this is the quarterly breakdown of the targets that have just been explained. Program four, health standards design and analysis. This is the program that develops the norms and standards. In developing the norms and standards, we always uh, consult with the National Department of Health in terms of their priority list in the development of standards. And this is also where we analyze and triangulate all our data and be able to make recommendations and quality assurance All those trends that we, we establish based on the work that we do. And this is also where the inspectors are trained. The output indicators for this uh, program, as we have indicated in our APP, refer to the responsibilities of the Office of Health Standard Compliance in Section 79 of the Act, where the office, particularly the board, is required to provide recommendations in the, health, in the entire healthcare system. These could be recommendations that are specific to a province, to a district or sub-district, or even national recommendations. Now, the first output indicator is the number of recommendations reports for improvement in the healthcare sector made to relevant authorities. For 22-23, we have a target of three, and that is because we come in, uh, we finalized these recommendations after we have conducted in-depth analysis of our data and our trend analysis, and also having researched and benchmarked with some of the regulators similar to us uh, in other parts of the world. The second one is the number of guidance workshop conducted to facilitate implementation of the norms and standards regulations. As a a, a fairly new regulator, it is important that we orientate and familiarize our stakeholders with the implementation of the norms and standards. And for 2022-23, we wish to conduct 24 of these engagements. Again, this is the quarterly breakdown. The last program, Certification and Enforcement, this is a program where we would certify those uh, health establishments that are compliant and issue a compliance uh, certificate. In instances where we determine that there is consistent non-compliance with the norms and standards, even after we have issued a notice of compliance, the office is empowered to take enforcement action, and this is where we would do so. And our output indicators then track the functions that I've just explained. The first output indicator is the percentage of health establishments that are issued with a certificate of compliance within 15 days, of the date of the receipt of the final inspection report. For 22-23, we have put a target of 100% because all those that should receive a compliance certificate, the office should be able to issue such. The next output indicator is the percentage of health establishments against which enforcement action has been initiated within 10 days of the final inspection report. Again here we wish to take enforcement action where it, is, where it is necessary and where we are guided to do so by our protocols. We have again in the APP put a target of 100%. The last being the reporting of the actions that of, of the two output indicators where we by, by put in our website, a report that indicates those health establishments where we have issued compliance certificate and enforcement action taken. This again, Chair, would be the quarterly uh, breakdown of uh, the targets for certification and enforcement. Honorable Chair, I wish to invite my colleague, the Chief Financial Officer, Mr. Mapata, to assist me with the next couple of slides. Over to you, Mr. Mapata.
7: Uh, Thank you, CEO, and good morning, uh, Honourable Chair. Good morning, Honourable Members. I will take the members through the MTF budget estimates. On the slide that uh, appears on the screen, uh, the first column should be 2020-21 and not 2021-21. Just also to make the members aware that uh, pre-COVID-19 and 2019-20, The overall expenditure for the OHSC was 158 million. So in 2020-21, because of the COVID situation, we were greatly restricted in terms of some of the activities, uh, such as uh, inspections and traveling. So the expenditure went down to 135. So through this budget, as we can see in the outer year 2024-25, which shows 159 million. So essentially, this takes us back to the pre-COVID uh, 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 19 period, which was 2019-20, where our expenditure was at uh, 158 million. So we can see that there's a decline in 2023-24 to 152 million as advised by the national treasury. But we will await the the whether there will be an indication of any revision to these figures. But for 2023 23 we are working at uh, $157 million. We can go to the next slide. And uh, on this slide, we can see that the dotted line is, is fairly flat, which shows that there isn't much of a difference over the over the years. On average, the overall increase is about 1.7 million, 1.7% over the MTF period, which is uh, quite below the, the rate of inflation, which is projected to be between 4.5% to 5% over the MTF period. So there isn't much of a significant growth in terms of our budget allocation. We can see in 2023 24 it goes down by about 3%. Thank you. We can go to the next slide. And this slide shows the allocations per division. And we can see that the biggest division in terms of allocation is the compliance inspector rate. And although corporate services shows an allocation of 33%, the single biggest item yes, office space, uh, which houses all the units, uh, inspectorate, uh, complaints, and the Ombuds, certification, enforcement. So that is the single biggest expenditure item under corporate services, together with all the supporting activities for office space, such as security, maintenance, cleaning services. Uh, we can go to the next slide. In terms of core versus support functions, uh, 50, on average, 58% goes to the core functions and 43% goes to the support functions. The core functions is uh, inspectorate, uh, uh, certification, enforcement, standard development, complaints, uh, management, and the ombud. Next slide, please. Uh, I've already explained this one. We can skip it. In terms of the employee distribution, the Compliance Inspectorate unit gets uh, 43% of the employees and this program. Uh, And then we can see on the next slide that uh, on
0: slide 53. Next slide, please.
7: Uh, Next slide, yes, this slide that 72% of the employees in terms of distribution are in the core functions, with 28% in the support function. So there's a strong bias in terms of staff towards the core functions of the the organization in line with its founding mandate and and objectives. Thank you. Next slide, please. In terms of economic classification, uh, based on the nature of the work that we do, which relies uh, largely on people to do the work, On average, two-thirds of the budget goes to compensation of employees and the board gets 1% capital expenditure, this is about 1% as well, on average, with goods and services averaging about 30%. So there is more allocation towards staff and numbers to to enable the OHSC to be able to do its work. Next slide, please. As I've indicated, the budget increases by an average of 1.7% over the next three years, which is way below the inflation rate. The budget basically takes us back to where we were in 2019-20, which indicated expenditure of um, 158 million as audited uh, by the AG. And through this budget, as we have seen from the targets, there's also an increase. In terms of the number of uh, facilities to be inspected, uh, just uh, almost about 800. But when one takes into account the reinspections inspections that will arise following the first inspections, that number will go over a 1,000 uh, in, in, in a single year. So we can go to the next slide. As I've already indicated, 72% of staff are in the core operations of the OHSC with 28% being in the support functions of the OHSC. I think this is the last slide. Thank you, oh, Thank you, Honourable Members. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Honourable Chairperson. That is the end of our presentation. The
2: CFO, Uh, over to you again, uh, Dr. Jacobs.
0: Yes, thank you
1: very much. I seem to have lost my connection there for a short moment, uh, but I'm right back. Thank you very much Uh, for the presentation, Dr. Konorski and your team, uh, and the CEO and CFO. uh, We have a number of members who would want to ask some questions. Sorry, some questions with you before I. I've indicated that Honorable Chirwa is on that list. So I'm not certain whether this is something else, Honorable Chirwa.
3: Sorry, Chairperson. Um, I was asking to go first, if that's not a problem for the listed speakers, because I have to leave now at ten thirty a.m. At 30 and then come back like at eleven.
1: You're very welcome. So Honorable Chirwa first, Honorable Ismail second, Honorable Tembakuyo. Is uh, uh, Honourable Gela is third. Honourable Dr Guayo is fourth. Those are the names I have received. Are there any other papers that you want to raise? Any questions with uh, the old HSC?
8: Ah uh, yes, Chief Chairperson, Honourable Walton, I have put a note on the group. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Anyone else?
6: I'm covered, Chair. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Honorable Chirwa, we start with
3: you. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Chairperson, and thank you to the OHSC for their presentation. Um, Like everybody else, I have a few questions. Um, I want to know what informs um, the targets that they set. Um, Like if they can just break down what informs each target that they set and who makes these decisions and if they're like a conglomerate um, workshop situation just to explain the situation of getting to these targets that they, that they, they usually do for themselves and then number two um i mean the lease payment thing is is a concern for accommodation right um the last time that they were presenting the app to the to the committee we recommended that you purchase property and and not lease it out um i want to ask what the what the current status is, like, are you working towards that? Is that going to happen? Or are you just going to be leasing um, your offices for a long time? I'm asking this because the issue of finance is something that you raise all the time. And we've, as a committee, we've noted things or places where you can cut down on costs to cover other things and accommodation being one of them. And the second thing that we'd also recommended as a way of cutting costs is that you insource um, your, your your cleaners and your security guards Um, And this has also not happened. I want to know what the reason for that is, Um, especially because the cost and the finance thing keeps coming up, but the committee has given recommendations on, I mean, it won't amount to a lot of money, but it it will amount to something um, as opposed to not having that money at all because you are leasing or because you are going the tender route. And then thirdly, your allocation for complaints management and Ombuds in real change shows a decrease of of almost two percent. Um can you just please explain this situation? Was there less allocated to this particular area? And if so, why? Because the other parts on the same graph, I see it's a different situation, but in, in 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 real change, it shows a decrease. Um so can you just explain to the committee what that particularly means? Um and number five. Um, I I'm curious about your time, timeline of resolving cases. You've stated in your presentation, even though it wasn't in the in 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 the document you sent us, in in detail um, on the case that I reported to the ombudsman. I want to know, like, isn't isn't there like a a I don't know a a table to show how long you should respond to cases pending on a severity of the case. Um, I'm asking this because I, w- like, I want to know where then do ordinary people or what then is a, you know, the hope of cases of emergency cases being resolved by the ombudsman relating to ordinary people. Um, and also on that particular aspect, I don't think there is enough marketing that's done um, by the ombudsman or information that's being brought out. I mean, this could also be the fault of the Department of, of, of Health in general. Um, but I think there is some kind of aspect that forces or that should enforce you guys to reach out to people so they know that they can reach out to the ombudsman, um, especially in these health facilities. For instance, when it comes to grievance cases in these facilities, we only see the numbers of certain people, not necessarily the ombudsman in their posters. Um, so we'll see like the clinic, the the, the facility management um, or the complaint center, but not necessarily the ombudsman or the OHSC. Um, regarding the standards of the facility, regarding um, equipment and all of those things that we know exist in our healthcare facilities. Um, So I want to know how will then the OHSC counter that particular part to make sure that um, there is more of a relationship between ordinary people that step in and out of healthcare facilities um, that have situations and don't necessarily have access to all of these portfolio committee members or the MPs in general because there is an entity um, that's supposed to carry that through as well. Um, And I mean, some of the issues that you've noted as well from the OHSC, I think that you've raised countless of times. I think that also the honors is also on this particular Portfolio Committee to raise them strongly to the Department of Health, even though we have been. Right. I mean, we know our crisis, our political crisis in the country. Um, But I think there should be much more effort in in ensuring that accountability takes place, because that's also part of our responsibility as well. Um, As members of the Portfolio Committee and as members of Parliament in general.
9: Thank you very much, Jefferson. Uh, good morning, Chair. And good morning to everyone. Thank you so much for the presentation. I also have a few clarity-seeking questions. Please. Uh, my first question is: the indicator for inspection of private healthcare facilities will increase from 15% to 20% over the MTF. Now, this is actually very low, in my opinion. Is there a particular reason why these targets are so low? You know, can these targets not be scaled up over the MTF? Now, the National Department of Health, you know, wants to implement the, the NHI. How is this going to be majorly achieved if the OHSC can only manage to inspect 20% of public health care facilities, you know, uh, in, in this budget period? My second question is that I see a considerable decrease in the 2022-2023 budget allocation to the health standards design analysis and support. Now, please can we be advised as to how this deficit will be mitigated and how this will impact on the program's activities? You know, I also want to uh, get some clarification on, you know, can can the OHSC actually explain to us the process of determining annual targets? Because some of these targets, um, you know, really seem to be very small, you know, maybe we just expect uh, a lot from the OHSC. And uh, if we could maybe understand how you how you actually go about, uh, you know, um, deciding on these uh, particular targets set. Um, I want to touch on lease payments as well. I mean, lease payments in, in the 2021-2022 was allocated $12.5 million. Now, these are the highest expenditure under goods and services in Program 1. And it's projected to increase to $15.6 million over the NTF. Now, has the OHSC actually considered purchasing its own premises? You know, this will actually eliminate, um, you know, and would be rather be a cheaper option. I just want to get your view on this. Uh, My next question is, you know, the safety of healthcare professionals and patients in healthcare facilities remain a challenge. Does the OHSC, um, through its norms and standards, assess the safety of hospitals and clinics? If you remember, there are quite a few, um, you know, news flashes in the media, considering you know uh, nurses and doctors being, uh, you know, shocked and so forth, uh, right in front of hospitals. So I just wanted to get some information of where where does the OHSC stand with this year, and what do you do, you know, um, with these uh, uh, healthcare facilities? How do we actually, you know, address or assist in helping to address this matter? Now, in light of the negative impact of COVID-19 and budgetary constraints, what steps has the entity taken to fill some of its vacancies? Now, I know you say that you've set targets and, you know, some of these targets are being reached, et cetera, et cetera. But we know that, you know, essentially, shortage of staff is is the core of you actually uh, uh, reaching optimum, you know. And I'm just trying to understand, uh, you know, how are you mitigating this or how are you actually um addressing this matter i'm going to also be touching on you know the ohsc receiving complaints from residents at large you know i'm, I'm going to actually mention one public health care facility the watch number hospital in in, in personally i've received so many complaints which some of them i've asked the residents to please put in writing and i've escalated it to the health ombuds and the ohsc you know simple things like cleanliness i mean a public health facility is one of the core where, you know, cleanliness is essential. But as soon as you enter the hospital, you get a bad stench. And I've done some oversight visits there with uh, residents as well. It's really quite shocking. Secondly is that the treatment of patients when they come in. I've had somebody highlighting to me that, you know, um, we went to the hospital and uh, the patient was, she was heavily pregnant. She was obviously going to be giving birth. She was already three centimeters, you know, and um, the hospital actually turned her away. She ended up at a, a totally different hospital in Johannesburg, where she's from, you know, the eastern, more from the Benoni area. And uh, it, it's quite shocking the way patients are actually being treated, uh, whether it's COVID or no no COVID. The reality is that uh, we expect services, or residents expect services from hospitals, and the mannerism of how the, these patients are actually, and the families of these patients are actually treated is, is worrisome. So uh, I just wanted to know, you know, what, how does the OHSC actually deal with this? And I know you've stated that you know you have this uh, the, uh, this complaint sent to you. Then you have a time period of twenty-five days or fifty days or whatever the matter is. And then you you know sometimes the delays take place because uh, the hospitals don't uh, give you responses on time. I find this unacceptable. And sometimes you don't get uh, you know the relevant responses from the complainant, which uh, is obviously also unacceptable, considering that they have actually you know, highlighted this complaint to you. But I mean, how, if you're just looking at ORC itself, this hospital has been like this for years and years and years. And how does the OHSC and the health, or much for the matter? But I just want to understand from the OHSC's perspective, how do you actually ensure maybe you have done, uh, you know, a, a, a visit there, but how do you actually make sure that, you know these hospitals adhere to the necessary requirements and compliance uh, as required, you know? Uh, please, if you could just explain to me that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson.
5: Um, Chair, I've got a few questions that I want to ask. Um, the first question, Chairperson, um, uh, CO, you have indicated that uh, the number of uh, inspections you have uh, conducted. And in my view, that is very low. Uh, My issue is really on the private sector. We are in the process of uh, uh, finalizing the NHI bill and the stories we have been uh, hearing of uh, a uh, cooperation from the parliamentary question Uh, the minister uh, recently uh, responded to. Uh, where the question was asked, asking about uh, babies uh, who have been uh, stolen from the hospitals, and the only information was from the public sector. There was uh, nothing from the private sector because they didn't uh, cooperate. Do you experience any problems in uh, accessing a private uh, hospital uh, in your work? Uh, My second question, CO, uh, as public uh, representative, we as members of parliament uh, receive a lot of uh, complaints from the public about the bad uh, treatment they are receiving from the health facility, both uh, public and private. Um, Can you share with us the experience of the OHSC on this? and uh, on whether these uh, complaints reach you and how many have you uh, dealt with? Uh, how many uh, are outstanding? Can the HOSC share with us uh, now or in writing uh, the, the record of all uh, complaints and whether they have been uh, resolved or not and they, were, they were, have not been uh, received or resolved? Um, what are the reasons why they are not uh, resolved? Please provide the uh, breakdown between the public and private facilities. The other question, Co, oh, we are happy about hundred percent targets that you have uh, set yourself. However, here is my problem: we have heard many times uh, official telling us about the targets they set uh, for themselves, but when they come and report, they tell us that they have not met uh, those uh, targets, and they started uh, giving reasons, or I should say uh, excuses. My question to you, CEO, is simple. Are there targets uh, that you have uh, set yourself uh, possibly to meet? If you won't be able to meet them, what will be the uh, possible uh, challenges uh, that may lead to you not uh, meeting them? Uh, last, Chaperson, uh, my last uh, request, you owe. can you kindly provide me with uh, names and contact details of your officials that I can contact and refer complaints to? Because, as I said, we as parliaments or MPs receive a lot of, uh, of, of those uh, on a daily basis. I mean, uh, visually, every day. Our people are, are struggling out there and we are failing them as government. So from uh, today, I need uh, names so that uh, I can refer uh, these complaints to Please, if you can just uh, provide us uh, with those uh, contact details. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson.
6: Thank you very much, Chairperson, and um, uh, thanks for the presentation. Just on the same breath, um, um, I just would like to, especially when it comes to the conditions and um, of the clinics and hospitals and um, the problems that the patients are experiencing when visiting either the clinics or the hospitals right through in South Africa. But I've got a specific case uh, that I definitely would like to ask you as a department that is busy with uh, regulating quality in the health sector. Just to say, there is a clinic named Mandela Sisulu Clinic in Watt 39 in Johannesburg region. What is the in the clinic is that uh, patients are asked or are chased outside the clinic and the gates are locked so that the nurses can be able to enjoy their lunch. Imagine from 12 o'clock to three o'clock in the afternoon. So immediately after three o'clock, only few patients are allowed to be attended to. Irrespective of whether the communities marched to the clinic um, to view or to, um, uh, to uh, for their own memorandum, the situation hasn't changed. W- what is the role that you can play uh, with regard to this? And uh, I'm asking this because you can't handle complaints. You've got a backlog of complaints and uh, you only handle very few citing the COVID-related pandemic, which is very much unacceptable. So this is the case. And then how can uh, um, this case be attended to successfully? Because even if we take these cases to the minister, the minister is not responding as we expected really, or he doesn't care at all. So please uh, uh, provide some intervention or like uh, the previous uh, uh, honourable member has asked to say, give us a number that we can call so that we see service delivery in our clinics and hospitals. The second question is in connection with the critical appointments, but I would like to uh, phrase it differently. To say um, the presenter said, there are vacancies that are existing in uh, the critical appointments, but uh, the appointments depend entirely on the availability of funds. My question is um, how or when, or, or in actual fact, give us the number and the position of the uh, vacancies, critical vacancies that are in existence. And uh, when will they be uh, filled? Because you said uh, you only take four months to fill in those vacant posts, But right now, you have given now a different reason altogether to say it's dependent on the availability of funds. Which are those vacancies and vacancies? Uh, when will they
8: be filled? Thank you. Chair. And, uh, Thank you, Chairperson, and I, I hope I'm audible.
0: You are. Please continue, Honorable Wilson.
1: Let me just say you will be followed by Honorable Sengwa and Honorable Clark. Thank
8: you. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson, and forgive me for not turning my camera on. I'm in an area where the connection is very unstable. Thank you to the OHSC for for the presentation, but it it remains disturbing. It's been disturbing for some time, Um, and while you are observing significant increases in the number of complaints, please believe me when I say you are not the only one. We are literally inundated with complaints from health facilities at the moment. The clinic at Rocenical, people were rushed in there with very high blood pressure, having a problem, um, and were unable to be put on oxygen because there was none. I mean, that is a basic requirement. Every clinic should have oxygen available. Um, they have been unable to get their prescription medications um, for six weeks now because, and the excuse that we're getting is that Kobler's Doll Hospital hasn't delivered. The Livingston Hospital has stopped elective orthopaedics, will now only do emergency orthopaedics and complications um, from surgeries um, so people urgently requiring orthopedic surgeries are being turned away and in actual fact, the other hospitals and clinics in the areas have been told to no longer refer people to the orthopedic wing. Their lifts are not even working. Their images have to be shared between three or four theatres at a time. It's a nightmare. In the Rob Ferrera Hospital, the oncology department has gone... Well, I don't know where it's gone, it just obviously doesn't exist. People who are dying in desperate need of of oncology treatment, which could be life-saving in the long term, are unable to get oncology treatment. That's sentencing a person to an early death unnecessarily. We've had a death of a a person in the Steve Biko hospital. Um, She lay there for four months with a colonoscopy bag that was never changed. She ended up with incredibly infected wounds that were just so massive and so disgusting. Um, And there was nobody to dress those wounds. Her her family had to come in and do it for her every day. And it was an absolute mess. And obviously, they're not qualified to do it. We've seen huge increases in babies born with cerebral palsy as as a result of bad deliveries and poor resources. So believe me, we are also swamped. And I actually wonder how many of these complaints actually make it to your offices because I don't think um, people really know that they can go to, and this is why I'm glad to hear that there is a move um, to make your role more public so that people do know where to go. Um, But it's concerning, it really is concerning. Now, I understand that some of these may be budgetary constraints, but you can't use budgetary complaints as as an excuse for for poor service delivery. Um, and, And this is a matter that must be addressed Urgently. Obviously, vacancies are are a huge concern because if you don't have the staff, you can't service the people. Um, And I think this all stems down to your comments, and and, and they go hand in hand, that there is a reduction in inspections um, because of lack of inspections, budget constraints, you're understaffed. However, as we sit here at the moment, this country is pushing for NHI. But you, know, you can't even get facilities accredited because you don't have uh, the facilities to do that. We can't accredit facilities. We can't uh, attach them to the NHI. And, and we have thousands and thousands of facilities and, and we're looking at inspecting 300 at a time. At this rate, you can forget even thinking that the NHI is going to work because if we can't accredit facilities, get them properly staffed and resourced and meeting a good standard, then we cannot implement the NHI. Um, So that is a major concern for me. Your your goal for is to build health infrastructure for effective service delivery. No money, no budget, no inspectors. Um, I'm not terribly sure how you're going to meet your goal, because quite simply in the current constraints and with the current facilities, resources, management, and leadership that we have, it's not going to happen. Um, And you did mention that you were going to do stakeholder engagements um, and and, and roll out stakeholder engagements uh, with regards to the OHSC. And, and it's, it's, its mandate. And I think all of us would be actually very, very grateful if we could get a list of where those stakeholder engagements are taking place and where they are taking place. Um, so, you know, that some of us may listen in or participate or send appropriate stakeholders to those kind of meetings so that the problems that we are currently facing are addressed. I don't envy you your job under your current situation. The fact remains is you do have an important role to play. Um, and if you are unable to do your job, everything else falls away by the side. Um, and I think this is something that we must have a, a more in discussion on in Parliament. I thank you.
0: Honourable Stenghor? Were you able to connect Honorable Senwa? If not, we go to Honorable Clark. Honorable Clark.
10: Sorry, Chairperson, I was on mute. I apologize for that. Um, I would just like to ask the following questions. There's mention of various inspection tools. How does this tool look like? It's 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 inspection software, and please clarify this in terms of this definition. There seems to be a decrease in performance for the last year from 10.14% to the estimated performance of 2021-22 to 8%. What is the reason for the project? the projected decrease in public health establishment inspected for compliances. In your view, what are the effects on the low compliance inspections on the quality of health care provision? 2025 is the projected date for NHI implementation. As per the bill, only those facilities that meet compliance requirements will be allowed to operate. However, you only estimate that 22% of facilities will be inspected. This is concerning. How will this align with the bill's requirements? And then in slide 39, what are the reasons for only 2.46 compliant being resolved within 30 days? Um, There seems to be a drastic decrease in these indicators from 49.42% in 2018-2019 to 7.3% in 2020. We know COVID played a role. What do you suggest should be done to improve these numbers in order to effectively reach your mandate with with our new health climate? Compliance in the healthcare is, is even more necessary at this stage. What is your current vacancy rate for compliance inspectorates? And um, then just a last point, and and this is just very much a comment, um, Chairperson. When I have done some hospital visits, I have also found that service delivery is seriously compromised through the system of appointing Contractors and service providers. You often find that contractors' contracts are not renewed and they are operating on a month-to-month basis, and then you find that um, services are not being delivered adequately to hospitals because because service providers obviously think, well, you know, uh, my contract is only a month-to-month, I haven't got a, a proper contract in place, so they actually don't provide the services they should to hospitals. And that is something critical that needs to be looked into. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I see Thank, yes. you Please go ahead.
11: Thank you very much, Chairperson. Let me welcome the report from the OHSC. I have just a, a couple of questions seeking clarity questions. Number one, may I have this office? Let me know, according to the human resource of OHC, are not absorbed in the clinics or in the hospitals. Why? Because you find them lying down in the clinics, doing the nurses' clinic, but you don't know their proper work. Why are they absorbed so that they can uh, fin- finish their work properly? Secondly, the office of ombuds and how you report the cases when one report a case in your what should happen because the clients have waiting for results or Feedback when one launch a complaint, there is no feedback. There is no nothing, and we want that feedback if somebody has done something. Three. How many vacancies exist in the province of KZN across all the streets, relating to shortage of nurses? What is being done to address this situation, because when one goes to these uh, uh, uh clinics or hospitals, you find that they said we are we have shortage of nurses, we have shortage of what and what. What are actually? The last one still in case and there is a serious case closing hospitals and clinics the one who are on the media now is saint francis in zululand district the clinic was long ago that hospital was long ago served four chiefs now they close people are just Starving to go to Nkonge hospital so that they can get at their children so that they can immunize their children. They are serious serious problem. Lastly, there is a serious problem in the Grace Hospital in at Peter Marysburg, where you find people with cancer are lying there. There is. A, no or onology in the people there is something there's no one who cared these people who come from all the other hospital and get treatment here but no one do it there is a case where there is a one who have they lie in the hospital and they said they they didn't find the Blood. All these are uh, complaints. We want answers on that. Thank you very much, Chairperson.
0: Thank you very
1: much, honorable members. You've asked so many questions um, and all very relevant questions, I would think. Um, I would think that some of those might resort to the Department of Health, but it will be up to the OHSC. To be able to uh, answer on any of those points, and uh, the points which were raised uh, speak to to many uh, different uh, <clears throat> uh, concerns uh, with regards to the APP, and those ones I'm going to mention. And I was going to ask some of the questions, so I'm going to run very quickly to what I thought those were, and. Uh, and where my question would have been with regards to that. So there'd be questions of budgetary constraints, staffing, targets, relocation expenses, et cetera. Um, So on targets, what I just want to mention is that we see that they're quite static. Uh, And uh, the question was asked, how do you explain the processes of determining the targets? I think that was already asked. And then your inspection of private healthcare facilities. I see there will probably be an increase of 5% uh, target for the next uh, NTAF. Uh, and, and why would OHSC think that that would be adequate? And then also, uh, can you give us an update on your pro- proposed decentralization project? And also, why do you think that uh, you should again have this uh, section called relocation expenses, which already in the 21-22 budget allocation was allowed for for 57000 rand, I think. Uh, And in this year, you've actually increased that in the current financial year. And why do you think it needs to be indicated there again? Uh, I think I would only ask those questions because, as I said, there have been so many questions raised with you, and you're very welcome to please continue to answer those questions. Let us just be mindful of time in terms of our whole programs. I would think you should be able to complete by about 10.15 your responses, if not by the latest 10.20. We can go straight on there, Dr. Konolsi and the team. Thank you.
2: Um, and, and, and thank you very much, uh, Chair, and, um, uh, and thank you very much to the Honorable Members for the questions raised. Um, the, 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 the questions were quite very... I think you might have two devices open at the moment. There's
1: a bad echo. Uh,
0: can you try again? Thank you.
2: Okay, I, I I will try again, chair. Yes, um, yeah, is it better now, chair? Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I I was uh, I was saying thank you very much to yourself and all the members, honourable members, for the questions raised, and I think they are all relevant. Uh, we, we will try to, to re, re answer them uh, one by one as the members raise them uh, right from the beginning. Uh, so I will also I'll ask um, uh, the CEO to go first, but she we will assist her in answering uh, the questions. Uh, just on the the last one that you asked one of the last ones you asked on on decentralization progress uh, i think that's also an interesting one that we have uh, spoken about within the board and uh, we are serious that if we can increase if we can decentralize to other projects other provinces uh, sorry uh, within the next uh, year or two Uh, we will be able to cover more hospitals and also address the issue of costs of traveling and accommodation as well. So that's also in our eyes. But can I give the CEO an opportunity first to answer the the questions Uh, right from um, the first one? I think it was Member Chira who asked first and then Member uh, uh, Ismail and and so on. Uh, I will assist and others can also assist um, Dr. Mutawendi. Over
4: to you. Thank you very much, uh, Chair Dr. Kinoshi. And uh, we, we welcome the questions and the clarity seeking points raised by the Honorable Members. Um, honorable Chira requested to know the process of how we set targets. And I believe there are other Honorable Members that have uh, asked this question. Now, in terms of target setting, we On an annual basis, uh, we do go through a planning process where a number of variables are considered. One would be the budget that is allocated to the OHSC. And we'll also look at uh, the staff complement that we have in terms of conducting inspections. We'll also look at uh, the denominators of what we have, that is in terms of the health establishment, both in the public and private sector. Uh, representation is quite critical for the OHSC because we have to cover the entire country. So we will then look at what which facilities were inspected uh, in the previous year or two and which ones uh, need to be uh, inspected. We'll also look at the size and the population and the number of clinics and hospitals in each of the provinces. So what you'll find is that uh, the the bigger provinces with a larger population and more health establishment would then be allocated uh, more targets in terms of inspections. Now, I, I, honorable members, I perhaps do not wish to sound like a broken document in saying that one of the most difficult things for us to do is exactly what i've just explained because we never have adequate you know funds to to, to conduct all the inspections or to even reach the annual target target which will then assist us in inspecting at least one of these uh, one health estab- uh, 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 inspect a health establishment establishment once every four years in addition to this we need to also cater for those uh, inspections which will come from the early warning system and this is the surveillance system that the office uh, undertakes and these would be uh, inspections that we pick up through what was reported in the media through some of the issues that we think are a matter of uh, critical importance for the OTC. So we go through that uh, intense period. We also then look internally where can we actually be able to save funds and be able to undertake these these inspections? Uh, I do chair. Um, I think admit and understand the frustration uh, that is raised by members in terms of the number of inspections being low. That is, in fact, one of our critical critical concerns, particularly in relation to the, you know, uh, certifying. Health establishment to be compliant in order to participate in the National Health uh, Insurance Fund. Now it is for that reason we then are looking into the decentralized approach. But all of these things are really constrained by the budget that we have. We then have to ascertain that with what is allocated and I think as you have seen from what the Chief Financial Officer shared, is that we actually have seen a decline, so it's that I think these are the reasons which makes makes it almost difficult for us, you know, to reach out and to expand on our mandate, the private sector, and the reason why we have a lower targets allocated is that the total number of hospitals in the private sector that we currently have in our database is 431. We know that this will increase with time. So as I've indicated that we would look at the allocation based also on the overall number uh, that we have. So it is a source of concern uh, uh, from members. And indeed it is also a source of concern uh, for us as the Office of Health Standard Compliance, particularly in actually achieving or coming even closer to what is then um, stipulated as our mandate and the improvement of quality and and also uh, safety in our health establishment. The other question was the recommendation to purchase the property as opposed to leasing as opposed to leasing for accommodation. We do accept that this was raised in the last meeting. However, where we are now is that we still have a list that is ongoing. But at the time that the, we are ready to review the list, I think the, all the options would be considered uh, by, the, by the board. But also of great consideration would be what we do have in terms of you know, uh, the allocated amount for, for the purchase of the building. So this is something that uh, the office will uh, look into. It's the same as the insourcing of cleaners and uh, security personnel. We indeed had um, a contracts that are ongoing, but it is something that at the time that we are supposed to renew, will then consider whether, uh, in terms of the cost benefit, we do know that we will be able probably to save um, some, some funds by insourcing this and we will consider when the contractual agreements come uh, to, the ta- to the time of review. Uh, the timelines to resolve uh, the cases. Yes, it, 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 it may, it, some, the, the, the Complaints and Management Unit, as I've indicated, it is the list staff. Now, it would then say the resolution of cases would be delayed. There are those that we resolve in the complaint center where we're able to resolve, I think, 80%. You know, that we are able to reach the 80% target. But because of the unavailability of staff in the complaint center and the, and the staff that is currently working there, we have actually uh, appointed contractual staff in order to assist uh, complaints management as well as the health ombuds. So that has a very, I, I think, serious and adverse impact in terms of the time and uh, the timeless resolution of these complaints by the office as well as the health ombud. We admit and agree that we still need probably to do much more in terms of marketing, the roles, the responsibility of the health on board and the OHSC, particularly in those areas, you know, where we have not reached, but we do have a communication strategy which we have just recently revised. We have also undertaken the radio campaign, which uh, we then give this information in local languages so that we can reach more. But in terms of marketing, once again, it is an area that we can always uh, improve improve on. So we do take the comments uh, by the the members. Uh, Honorable Ismail, uh, I think I have addressed why the indicator in the private sector is low. Uh, I need to indicate and probably clarify that our experience with the private sector in relation to the regulatory work and working with them in developing the tools and consulting with them, around the service platforms in the private sector has been fine. However, it is only now that we will know our real experience when it comes to inspections, because it's only now that we finalize the tool and we'll be going out to the private sector, so we can only then comment about our experience uh, 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 during that time. But we do receive some complaints uh, from the private sector that uh, need us to to resolve. with regards to the, the, the safety of, in hospitals of staff, as uh, in hospitals and, and clinics, what is being done uh, by the OHSC, we have regulation <clears throat> 17 and this regulation requires that the, OHSC, the, the health establishment must protect the users and staff from security threats. So it is a regulation or a standard that we monitor now we monitor this currently uh, uh, the majority of the of the health estab- of the health establishment based on our inspections findings are not complying with this uh, regulation but we also monitor this through uh, the early warning system where we continue to engage with the person in charge uh, to ensure that security issues are addressed such as the al- availability of security personnel whether they've got CCTV cameras and whether they are actually functional and whether they have palisade fences in inappropriate areas. so this is a regulation, but uh, at the moment let, the, from the inspections that have been conducted uh, it has not it, it is not satisfactory in terms of how the health establishment uh, are, are doing. Um, we note uh, uh, honorable Ishmael, the two hospitals that you have mentioned we will a follow up uh, the or uh, tambo hospital and i think we would then need to uh, determine what are the issues but uh, the ohsc will then make a follow up on on what you have mentioned honorable kela um i, I i've i've tried to explain the number of uh, inspections in private hospitals it's a question that you also asked why they are so long and um also, uh, our experience with the private sector that we'll only be able to report on once we commence with inspections. And um, we do have the records of complaints. We will submit to this committee uh, a, a written report on the complaints that we have resolved, the breakdown, where, uh, those that we've received in the, from the public and the private sector, and also the resolution. And I think this report will indicate, will indicate some of the challenges that <clears throat> We experience because it, it, it's such a huge concern for us because we do know that it actually, you know, uh, it, it 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 in in the end is going to cause us to have some reputational damage as a regulator if we're unable, you know, to resolve these cases uh, in time. So it is uh, a concern of the board as well as all of us uh, in OHC. and we will also submit the names and the contact details of the officials which you can contact uh, should you have um, complaints that you want to lodge with the Office of Health Standard Compliance or the Health Ombud. Having said this, I need to emphasize that we do not want to completely replace the the complaints resolution mechanisms at local level, that is at facility level. Even when we undertake our work and raise awareness, we still encourage uh, uh, that complaints should be resolved at the local level and in the in doing so when we provide feedback to the health establishment we do emphasize to the health establishment even uh, you know which is why we require that the province and the district must always attend when we give this feedback a uh, report so that they must also strengthen the resolutions of complaints at the local level but those that are, then reach our office we do not turn them back we do um uh, resolve those or attempt to deal uh, with those complaints. Uh, Honorable uh, Tembeguayo. we admit that uh, the conditions in clinics and hospitals, you know, are quite worrying. And you've mentioned the specific uh, cases uh, in what they deny in Mandela Sisulu and Gauteng and the patients being chased away. I think let us uh, accept that we will then make a follow-up in this particular clinic. It is not acceptable that a clinic could be closed so that staff could actually have lunch. We'll definitely make a follow-up on, on, on this. Um, we Yes, we were also affected by the COVID-19 uh, 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 situation in the country, but we're still able to meet the targets, which meant that, when we were able uh, to travel, you know, after the restrictions were lifted, in fact, our inspectors were out for the most uh, uh, for the most part of the time. They were out in the field because we had to ascertain that you know we reached the target. It was quite difficult because they would then be on inspections for three weeks, you know, and uh, non-stop, you know, so that we are able to you know to at least get closer to our target. And we, uh and for this financial year. Uh, the, the, which is ending, we will definitely be able to reach uh, the, the targets. The colleagues will assist with giving the actual numbers in terms of the of the of the uh, the vacancies, the appointments. But what I want to emphasize and clarify uh, to the committee is that the, we we have an old, or we were, were still implementing the old organogram, where the vacancies, the critical vacancies, have been filled but we have an approved revised organogram that has other critical vacancies like uh, um, the executive manager in in, in corporate services, which currently is a position that is jointly held by the CFO, who's also an executive manager in corporate services. So to us, that is a critical appointment that needs to be filled. We have a position of a chief operations officer. And then also in other a, a, a functionaries, we have positions that would like to fill. And the reason why we mentioned that this would be funds de- dependent, it's because these are posts that are not currently funded. So if a post is not funded, it becomes very difficult to then fill it on a on a permanent basis. So that's that's the reason we mentioned that this would be dependent on the on the funds um availability.
5: Uh, Honorable
4: uh, Wilson yes we 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 do admit and agree that our experiences are the same in terms of the increase in the in the number of complaints we've noted the institutions that we have mentioned we need to indicate that we've been uh, to livingston hospital and in fact we actually held you know a, a meeting with the with the province as part of the feedback however we will certainly um, look into this into uh, this hospital once again including Rob Ferreira, which you have um, mentioned. Um, we are really concerned indeed with the current state of affairs, particularly with regards to uh, certifying health establishment as compliant for the national health Insta- in- insurance. We do believe that as an entity, we remain ready to be able to undertake our mandate. But we do have these constraints that some of which are beyond really our, our control with regards to the decentralization model into the uh, in, into the other regions if you look at the budget which was uh, presented today it doesn't even give us adequate space to go and look you know for 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 office space elsewhere in fact at some point we are even considering you know uh, seeking accommodation in other you know a uh, government institution which is something that we are looking into and that is probably the approach would take that in the beginning, we may want to look at a available space, but we still need to get human resources that would be able to, uh, to occupy uh, those offices and, and, and allow us to expand the, the inspections. Um, in, in the report, uh, Honorable Clark, that we will provide on uh, the breakdown of complaints received and, and resolved and also uh, the level of risk, we will then um, indicate uh, those that are resolved. And with regards to program three, and I think as you've heard from the health ombud, until such time that we have adequate staff to manage and resolve these complaints, uh, uh, it, it is unfortunate that we'll probably keep on reporting to the committee that you know the numbers that we have resolved are very low, simply because we don't have uh, adequate human resources to be able to deal uh, with, with with these complaints
0: uh honorable hlengwa uh we 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 the, in terms of the feedback of complaints
4: we do and doctor jacobs will also assist me uh, uh, with this is that we do try we have a system of how we provide the feedback but uh it is an area that we look into in terms of maybe improvements if there are uh, areas where, where, I mean, members have identified that uh, there's a lack of feedback uh, from, from the office, we'll certainly look into that. The, with regards to uh, the questions asked Honorable Shengwa around uh, guazulu Nadal, particularly St. Francis and Ngonjini Hospital, and the oncology services in Grace Hospital in Peter Marysburg. I think these uh, questions will uh, will be referred to the province so that they can uh, give an adequate uh, response in terms of what uh, what is going on there. But uh, if there is anything that would be within our regulatory functions, we'll definitely uh, look into that. I am going to uh, request um, uh, the CFO, to address some of the budgetary questions asked. I'll also then request Dr. Jacobs to also add on the complaints uh, management and resolutions. And um, I will also, I have tried to deal with the, the target issue, but I will then also ask uh, Mr. Govuzela to uh, also weigh in on the on the target uh, a planning if there's any additions and my colleagues if they were to assist me if there's uh, the other questions that I probably did not address. Thank you. Thank you Chair. Over to Mr. Mapata, then Dr. Jacobs and then colleagues yeah. if there are questions that yeah. were left out.
2: Thank you. Uh, Chair, I must uh, explain that uh, the Dr. Jacobs that uh, Dr. mdawen is referring to is a different Dr. Jacobs within the agency.
5: <laughs>
2: okay, just... Uh, because I think she says the same, she says she says, shares the same surname same as yours. So, just to stop any confusion that might occur. Thank you.
7: Uh, th- thank you, uh, CEO. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Uh, there was a question raised by Honorable Chira and also Honorable Ishmael on the issue of the lease payments. It is true that the lease payments do take a a larger portion of the admin cost as indicated in the budget. Uh, Currently we have a five year lease agreement uh, for the office space that we occupy. And that lease agreement will be coming to an end at the end of next year, uh, next calendar year. So this is something which uh, the board will be looking at uh, during the course of this year when we do our planning for, for next year. Uh, taking into account also the uh, borrowing restrictions which the PFMA uh, imposes. Because we also note that in order for the OSSC to have its own uh, building, we will need uh, some other borrowing from a financial institution uh, and, or maybe outright uh, purchase, uh, which we don't have the capacity to do at this stage. But In order for us to, to borrow, we have to now Get all the necessary permissions and guarantees from the national uh, uh, treasury. So that is something which the, the board will be looking at uh, during the course of this year. And there was a question on the on the outsourcing. I think the, the CEO has dealt with that one. We do have some contracts that are running at the moment. Um, in fact, the two contracts are less than with two are left with less than two years uh, to come to an end. We'll be reviewing that situation. Uh, there was. A question on the vacancies, which the CEO has also touched on. Maybe just to add that currently, in terms of the organogram that was approved by the board, uh, a fully capacitated OHSC would be having staff uh, totaling 323, And currently, we've got 129 that are funded. And in the inspectorate, we were looking at uh, even 95 which will also take into account the issue of decentralization. And currently, we are sitting at uh, 55 for the inspectorate, which means there's a shortage of 40 there. Uh, so that is where we are in terms of the vacancies. Uh, I think the issue of the critical posts, and the CO has touched on that in terms of the COO post and other posts. Uh, there was a question raised by Honourable Clegg on the vacancy rate for the compliance inspector rate, which I've just uh, touched on now. Uh, uh, thank you, Chair. I don't see any other question that had uh, to do with the... Oh, there was a question with regard to the decrease in the ASDA's budget and also the the the, 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 the Ombuds was raised by uh, Honourable Ishumai. And also in terms of the Ombuds, also Honourable Shiro had raised it. In terms of that budget, we we, we noted that uh, in 2023-24, the overall budget of the OHSC decreases from 157 to 152. So that necessitated overall adjustments across all the programs. And in terms of HASDAs, one of the innovative ways the division came up with in terms of doing uh, guidance and support for, for, for stakeholders was to do it uh, through virtual means. In the past, we would run workshops uh, physically in the provinces. Uh, all the provinces currently with the, with adjustments, we, we do uh, them through virtual means. And to a certain extent, it has assisted in, uh, in cost saving measures in that regard.
0: Uh, thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much, Mr. Mapata. Um, we 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 have uh, attempted to respond to uh,
4: all the questions, uh, Honourable Chair. Uh, however, if there's a question that I've left,
0: I would see maybe with an indication of a hand from my colleagues. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Dr. Konoshi, You were about to say something.
2: Yes, Chair, thanks very much. I just wanted to add that uh, over and above the responses from uh, the CEO, Dr. Mdaweni, um, the board is also considering, you know, just to address some of the questions raised by some of the Honourable Members about the conditions in in the health facilities in the various provinces. The board is considering uh, going on a roadshow to... as many as possible departments, provincial departments of health, with executive officials within OHSC in the near future to engage with the heads of departments of health in the provinces on what has been found you know, during inspections, but also uh, cases that have uh, arisen due to the early uh, warning system that we have. Uh, so that we can discuss these matters with the provincial departments of health to, uh, to 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 effect improvements in in their facilities as well. So these uh, road shows will happen in the near future if um, if if if, if uh, arrangements are made on time. Thank you very much, Jim. Thank
1: you very much. I'm hoping for us to complete this at 11.30 for the latest Honorable Members. There's one follow-up question from uh,
6: Honorable Dr. Susan Tamagwairo. Just one question, uh, uh, Dr. Tamagwairo. Yes, uh, thank you, Chairperson. It's just one. I just wanted to find out on the the, the follow-up. I mean, they promised that they would look into the matter of Mandela uh, Suculu Clinic, but how would I, I uh, be informed of uh, this pro- uh, process of investigation and uh, how would they inquire there's a person that they need to contact say the clinic will we will say something different or in contradiction to what I have reported can can I have a number or so of the person that that is going to be um, dealing with this thank you
0: yeah.
1: A very short question, Honourable Wilson. I'm going to stop that and follow up questions after you, Honourable Wilson. No more after that.
8: Thank you. Thank you, you, Chairperson. I actually did post it on the group. Uh, One of the important aspects of health is dentistry. We are seeing huge problems in the dentistry um, divisions of the of the hospitals. Uh, I have somebody who's been trying to get his teeth attended to for over four years. It's resulted in huge complications requiring care, antibiotics and all the, those kind of things that was at the current Kua hospital. I think this is something we also need to get feedback on because it's something we seldom hear about. Thank you Chair.
0: Thank you Dr. Knosha, CEO. Very short replies, thank you. Dr. Mdaweni. Thank you very much, uh, Chair Honourable Timberwai and Honourable Wilson. We've
4: noted uh, the two names of the hospitals. With regards to uh, what we're inquiring about, Honourable Timberwai, is that as much as we do inform facilities uh, when we conduct inspections, but we do uh, have the provision of conducting unannounced inspections where we think it is necessary. So the contact uh, person would be... a, a, a. Ms. Dikele, who is the executive manager, but we will make this uh, information available through the the, the proper channels uh, in in, in the health portfolio committee and we will then provide uh, feedback. Thank you, Chair.
1: Thank you very much to all of you, to the members, to the uh, team from OHSC, all of you very great.
0: Thank you to all of you for your participation today. Honourable members, we are about to conclude. There is just
1: one announcement that I would like to make, and that is that you would please get into contact with our committee secretary, Ms. Majanamba, concerning the travel arrangements for Saturday for the funeral of Honourable Sukhacha. There is a request for you to please do such very urgently, still today, um, so that we are able to complete those arrangements. That has brought us to the end of our meeting. Honourable members, you will be receiving the program for next week as we go on to complete
6: it. And okay. uh, have, a, have a wonderful sitting today. Thank you very much.
5: Laura, Chen, we still yes. to adopt, uh, minutes. Can you
6: please adopt minutes?
1: Adopt minutes, yes. Can you flight those? Uh, thank you very much. The members from the OHSC are welcome to leave. Thank
2: you. Thank you very much, yeah. Maybe a last word? Okay, thank you. Honorable members, there are the minutes of the 23rd of March,
0: 2022. Page 1, note whether you have been deemed to be present. And uh, page 2, whether your apology has been noted and you not been present. Page 3. And you will note it was the briefing by the Auditor General of South Africa. Page four. Page five. Page six. Page seven. And that's the last page. Thank you very much. Can I get a mover for adoption of these Minutes? I move for the approval of the Minutes. Thank
1: you very much, Honorable Gaila. Any second to that appro- approval of Honorable Gaila?
6: Seconded. I second, sir.
1: Thank you, Honourable Fassaden, you were first out of the race there, so out of the starting blocks, Honourable Fassaden seconded. Thank you very much. Anything else, Ms. Majalamba? have I missed anything else?
7: Nothing else, thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much. Honourable Members, have a wonderful day today and a wonderful week, and uh, for those we will be seeing in uh, Richmond, have a safe flight, a safe flight back home, and we will see all of you next week with our program as we take the work of this Portfolio Committee forward.
11: Thank you. This meeting is adjourned. Stay safe. Thank you, Thank
0: you. You too. Recording stopped.